Are you looking for a new way to streamline your business and simplify your life? We use Kajabi in our dance studios to help us stay organized, streamlined, and to save us money. Kajabi is an all-in-one platform with everything right at your fingertips. There's no need for multiple programs. Your email provider, web hosting services, automation, landing page, sales cart, and so much more are all in one place. With everything in one program, you can save hundreds or even thousands of dollars a year. Get rid of all those programs and platforms that collectively cost you way more than what you would pay for a year in Kajabi. You can start your membership site or create new products to have a passive stream of income in your business. Go to dancestudioownerconnect.com slash Kajabi to learn more and to start your free trial. Again, it's dancestudioownerconnect.com slash K-A-J-A-B-I to start your free trial today. Hello and welcome to the GSO Connect podcast. I'm Casey. I'm Robin. It feels like forever since it's been just the two of us. How are you? I'm good. We've done a lot of interviews, which is really exciting. But I it's- know. It's been so fun to have all these great guests on, but I feel like sometimes we just need to get back to just the two of us hanging out. Yeah. And just talk about the things that are um, buzzing about in our community group. Yeah, definitely. How's the grandbaby? Oh my gosh. She's just beautiful. And um, she's just like this little nugget of joy in this crazy world right now. Yay. Oh. Um, Forget how little they are. Forget right. And she's just happy and content for now. You know, she's just a week old. So <laughs> she's oh, living her life away. And she's just oh. it's really been lovely this week to have her in the house. So is she at your house now? She is. She just, um, can't, it's her, she was here for two nights so far. And I don't hear her in the middle of the night or anything. Wow. She's just, she's just basically perfect. She's basically perfect. <laughs> And I'm sure she will stay that way for the rest of her life. Oh, my God. I'm going to be that grandma. You know it. (laughs) (laughs) That child is going to be so spoiled by Grandma Robin. Oh, my gosh. Do you have your grandma name picked out yet? Grandma Robin. Grandma Robin. Okay. I love it. Like Miss Robin. Like Miss Robin. It's more exclusive. (laughs) Some people can call me that. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love that. Oh, and before you know it, she's going to be taking classes at your studio. Yep, I'm I'm ready. In fact, the other day, it's funny because I was packing up, um, closing up the studio yesterday, and I, I was thinking about how when my kids, my sons were little, and they just, this was their home away from home, and they would run, like the, the gym was their playroom, and they would make forts out of the, the mats, and they just had like we had an art studio then and they would just go in and pull out the paints and like they basically they felt like they owned the place and I was thinking um about how it will be now like 20 years later when the studio I don't know we run the studio a little differently now it's a little more of a tight you know I just don't teachers don't bring their kids to just run amok all the time but I'm thinking I wonder what it's going to be like with her like am I going to have to tell her, no, you can't spin the birthday wheel when it's not your birthday. And no, you can't just dig around in the birthday prizes. And no, you can't just come in and out of classes. So it'll be that all over again. Yeah. A new generation of, of studio kids growing up. Yeah. Yeah. So exciting. Oh, I'm so happy for you. 
Thank you. I'm happy too. <laughs> Good. So you have some happy news too. Yeah, I had my studio's recital video premiere event last night and it went so well. Oh my God. It was just amazing. So I think the secret, and it's not a secret, but the key to getting good attendance mm -hmm. is withholding the video until after the premiere event. Yeah, <laughs> I used to think like, oh my God, these people have paid for this video. They've been waiting for it for so long. I have to send it out as soon as it's ready and then we'll have the party later to watch it together. But I, I didn't do that this year. I've, I'm withholding it. <laughs> and we had about 160 people RSVP to this event. That is fabulous. I'm surprised that you did it differently in the past. You I know. Just gave, gave them the video and then- just gave said, them the video and then I figured out, well, because it's like, I never felt like I knew exactly when it was going to be ready. Like I didn't want to push the videographer for like a firm deadline. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know when to plan the event. And I felt like, you know, I couldn't make them, I don't know, but I just did it this way this year and it worked out so well. And we did it outside at the, at the local park, which is like right around the corner from my studio. And the park to rent for for an event that's under i don't remember what exactly the cap is but it's something much larger than what we were going to be doing it's free oh it's hmm. free to rent the park so we um we did it on the soccer fields i rented through my production company that did lights and sound for the actual recital filming days um and they did the screen and the projector and the sound system and set it all up and ran the audio and then took it all down at the end. So I basically didn't really have anything to do. And it was lovely. <laughs> nice. I had um, my new staff member, who's my customer care specialist. She was in charge of um, greeting everybody as they came, handing out. We, we got like popcorn and like individually wrapped little cones of popcorn in different flavors and then water bottles that we just have way too many of these cheap plastic water bottles. So I was like, Hey, an event, let's give away some water bottles. Yeah. Um, and I did a PDF download of the program. I just made a really simple program, no design, just a PDF of the list of dances and credits and everything and um, made a QR code and taped it to the, the, the table that they came to as they came into the park. And they just scanned the QR code to download the PDF of the program. That's a good idea. Yeah. And I just, I didn't want to deal with handing out with printing things and handing out papers and having people touch things and then picking up trash at the end. So that's, it was very simple. You know what else could be a good idea? Mm. Um, and I don't really know how to do this, but I know younger people do. Um, <laughs> Maybe like telling everyone, if you want the program, you have to text this number. And then by having everybody text the number, then you have them on your text list or something. Oh, interesting. That would be a neat way to do it. Now you may not want grandma on your text list, sure. to, but, or maybe saying, you know, we're going to post the PDF on our, um, 
Facebook page or something, and then you get more traffic. I don't know, but there are a lot of idea. Yeah. Instead of doing the QR code as a direct link to download the PDF, I did it as a link directed to a page on our website where you could download the PDF just to get more traffic to our website to increase our our numbers that way. Um, Yeah, that's great. But you had got, got a lot of good feedback. Great feedback. Great feedback. We had so many, I had parents texting me afterwards saying how, how happy they were that they got to see their kids dancing, how fun and creative this event was, how much they appreciate everything that we've been doing to keep some sense of normalcy. Um, Because back when we recorded the, the actual recital in August, we did it without an audience at all. So it was just the kids and the videographer and the teachers in the, in the theater. So these parents haven't seen their kids perform. Yeah. Um, so it was great, great turnout. We even had some, some new, some new families come who weren't in the recital, but they're enrolled this year. Just to kind so of see that, what's going yeah, on. So that yeah. was awesome. Um, yeah. It, it just went really well. Oh, and we had our student, our student performing company, performed live one of their new pieces for this season as like an opening number before we watch the video. That's good. Just on the grass. Yeah. Just on the grass. Yeah. And it was so fun. And you get to check it off your list. Like done. Exactly. Chapter closed. That is over. Moving on. Yeah. And And I think doing the filming days, it just didn't feel like a recital, you know, yeah. Without an audience and the schmoozing and the flowers and the excite, it just wasn't as exciting. You know, it didn't have that same feeling. And so this, this event certainly didn't feel like a real recital either, but it was much closer to the real thing. So I feel like I got that hit. Yeah, <laughs> I got a little bit of hit of that drug that I'm addicted to, whatever it is about recital that I'm addicted to, that we're all addicted to. I got a little hit of that and it's definitely, I think I was in a little bit of a funk before and now I'm like, oh yeah, I, I do like doing this. <laughs> well, hopefully that that feeling will carry you yeah. to the next season a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. All right, so today we have three mini topics yeah. that we kind of gleaned from our DSO Connect community Facebook group and our calls that we do. Um, so we just, we just kind of went back and, and tried to look at what people are talking about and, um, we're going to dive in now. We don't have the answers to all of the world's problems. <laughs> right. We're just going to chat about different tips yeah. on how to handle them. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, Casey and I have very different opinions on a lot of things. So all the things. Yeah. So you get to hear lots of different perspectives. All right. What's our first mini topic, Robin? Lay it on me. Well, uh, the first topic is keeping your personal and professional lives separate, especially in this political climate. Oh, boy. Yeah. (laughs) That's a big one. So as we record this, it is Sunday the 8th and the election news has been hot, hot, hot on the topic, on, on the top of everybody's minds, I'm sure. And so, um, Rob and I, I mean, can we just say how we're feeling about? Sure. Because we're opposite. Yeah. I mean, without going too deep. Without going too far into it. How are you doing, Robin? <laughs> oh, it's not over. I'm, I'm very <laughs> optimistic. The don't count your chickens before they're hatched, girl. 
<laughs> no, I'm feeling. Gotcha. Um, and you know, Casey, how are you feeling? I'm 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 feeling very relieved mm -hmm. and um like there's still plenty of change to be made and it's not my ideal choice, but I'm I'm pleased with the outcome as it stands now. Um, but I agree that it's not over. So I'm sure we're in for, for more developments on that front. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is a, 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 a sticky topic because it is so top of mind for everyone. People right. are going to be talking about it in your studio. Right. Students, I don't know about, about you, Robin, but my students have been talking about it like on election night and on Wednesday, basically every night this week in between classes, they're checking election results on their phones and like, Oh my God, Oh my God. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah, that's interesting because, you know, years and years ago before social media, I think that young people were less involved and, yeah. and you might listen to the news and the car or, you know, watch the 10 o'clock news and then you'd forget about it. But nowadays people, and you know, a lot of our young listeners may not remember those days because you guys were <laughs> kids but literally we used to not know what was going on in the world constantly by you know opening up our phone and right. i think that 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 our easy access to all of this information just amplifies um the intensity of everything it's like literally i came into the studio today at 11 o'clock to get some work done and i must have taken 16 breaks to check my phone at, or to, to just like you were talking about that hit <laughs> I would like specifically go to certain sites that I go to, to get news that makes me feel better about the world. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm really working on that personally, but that's kind of a different topic. Um, you know, that addiction to your phone and the addiction oh, yeah. to, um, to the devices and the screens. So that's, mm -hmm. that's another topic. But um, I think that um, maybe it's a good thing that we have our lobbies closed right now. That's what I was going to say, because there would be so you, you wouldn't be able to stop the conversations from happening. Mm -hmm. I mean, it would be like whack-a-mole if you were yeah. like, Hey, don't talk about politics here. Hey, don't talk about politics in here. <laughs> like it would, but it, also, is it really our place to say, don't talk about politics? Right. Exactly. So, you know, how, like, can you control conversations that happen in your place of business? No, not really. I mean, and you're just censoring people, right? You don't want to censor people. And if it's, if they're having a, a perfectly civil conversation, then, you know, that's, that should be fine. The problem is that I think at this point, um, no one's mind is going to be ch changed. Right. So, I, I feel like in my, I went through a difficult time this summer where I expressed myself on Facebook um, pretty loudly and burned some bridges with some people that were customers. And I was, I don't even think I was out of line. I think I was just being my, I was expressing my own opinion. And when I go back and I look at the posts, cause I didn't delete them, but I made them private because I wanted to be able to look back at them um, months down the road out of the heated scenario. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that what I posted was really um, inflammatory, but it was taken that way just because it differed from certain people's perspective. Right. right. And I am, if you know, for those who are friends with me on Facebook already know, I am very politically vocal on my Facebook page, but I got that, I got that locked down. There are no 
customers, friends with me on Facebook, uh, unless they were already my good, like I have one customer who is my very good friend. I was a bridesmaid in her wedding. We used to be roommates and now her son is dancing with me. So she already knew me for years and years before I even opened my studio. Mm -hmm. That's like one very small exception. Was Um, she aligned with you? Yes. Yeah. She is. That's, that's, but that's the key, (laughs) right? That's the key. So I think, I think when it comes to social media, you just have to be very, very aware of who's on your friends list. And maybe there are ways to hide certain people from seeing your posts. Yeah. You can change the audience on your post. You could make a a sub list on your friends list. Cause like Robin, you're in a very small community and it just makes sense for you to be friends with your customers on Facebook because you know, they're, they're your kids, friends, parents, or yeah, you know, or your hairdresser or whatever, like in that small community, it just makes more sense. Yeah. Um, but you could for, so, for social media, create a separate sub list of friends that are all your customers and then hide them from viewing your more political vocal posts on Facebook. That doesn't mean that they won't eventually hear about your views and and, and, you know, where, where you stand, I'm sure it'll obviously come out of that at some point, but. Yeah. So I've been kind of on a journey because in the height of this whole COVID lockdown, you know, thing, I I think I was like shell shocked and I was, I was really, you know, I was, I I went through a, a couple of weeks where I was struggling a little bit and, um, I, I was really, back and forth about should I shut my mouth and just be a good little girl and comply or should I exercise my right to express myself and I went back and forth and back because every time I expressed myself I felt this backlash and so I think that I've come through that now first of all I eliminated 200 (laughs) um, friends I'm saying that with air quotes because you know they're not necessarily your friends just because they're your Facebook friends Mm -hmm. And um, so things are a lot less volatile in my feed, but also I've, I've come to the realization that we're all getting different inputs. The news that you get is different from the news that I get. Oh, for sure. I know you, I have known you since you were three years old Mm -hmm. and I know that you are a, a really good person and that you and I probably both want similar things in the world, but we both have completely different ideas about how to get there. Absolutely. And, um, there are some misconceptions that people on the right have about people on the left and they group them all together and say, oh, well, if you're on the left, you think this, this, this. Well, not everyone thinks that. And how dare you make that assumption? And the same goes, the, same the, goes the opposite way, of course. Yeah. So where I am now is I don't even, I'm just filling my feet up with baby news. <laughs> because literally it was upsetting to open your Facebook and feel like the re- all this hate coming at you. Yeah. And it's like, really? Why am I even speaking about politics on Facebook when n- I'm not going to change anyone's mind? So, and, and it's, it's a shame that we can't really have conversations anymore where people say, oh, that's a really good point. Hmm. Let me run that through my processes and give that some consideration because most people are like, nope, that doesn't mean... Fa- that doesn't meet my narrative and I'm not accepting that as truth. And I, I'm guilty of that. I'm, I'm working on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I bet you anyone who's being honest right now 
is going, it does that too. It's like, if it doesn't doesn't meet your narrative, then, or it doesn't align with your narrative, then you're like, nope, that must be a lie. Nope. I'm not listening to that. And Mm -hmm. I purposely seek out news that, that reaffirms my narrative. And I think all of us do that. Yes. It's called confirmation bias and it's a real thing. Yeah. And we're all in an echo chamber. Yeah. Um, In fact, funny, just a little side note, we're planning our cousin's Christmas party and we are all in a group text, my cousins and I, and um, we we are all over the place uh, politically. And I said, can we agree no politics or at least can we have separate rooms, <laughs> separate echo chambers where it's like me and Danny and Matt can go in this room and talk about politics and Sean and Kathy and everybody else are over here talking about their politics. And you can't, but in the middle room, in the living room, you cannot talk politics. Oh my God. That's great. Go into your echo chamber. (laughs) It's ridiculous, but it's like, that's where we are in the world. And I'm not saying it's right because we need to be listening to each other, Mm -hmm. but we need to be listening with really open ears and trying to understand like, why, why do you think that, I don't know, we don't need to get into all that, but the point is that um, we need to be, I, I don't know. I think that, right. I think that what it boiled down to for me, this whole lesson was, do you stick to who you are at the risk of losing customers Do you run your business according to, and this is the first time ever in my life that politics has really impacted the way I run my business Mm. because I don't, you know, the mask thing is a, is a challenge for me. And I decided to appease a certain population. Um, 60%, approximately 60% of my people did not want masks while in class. And I could either appease them or I could appease the 40% that really wanted masks while dancing right gymnastic thing or musicking or theatering and um i i couldn't make everybody happy so i had to choose which group am i going to make happy and granted the ones that aligned with my political values were the higher percentage but it also made my life a whole lot easier because i'm not being challenged every step of the way and people are are all on the similar level of comfort right Right. Now, yeah. Had it been the other way around, percentage wise, what would I have done? Mm-hmm. Would I have said, okay, I'm going to go against my gut and run my business in a way that doesn't feel comfortable to me um, because I, I don't want to lose that much income. Right. Right. So that, that was a, that's and then you think about the whole issue of, of values. And if you're, if you're, if your politics are truly based on your values, which I think right now is like the main issue. It's like, well, if your politics don't align with my politics and our values don't align and I can't, but like I'm seeing a lot of people um, ending relationships and friendships and, and, and basically uh, excommunicating family members and all of this because of that issue of values not aligning. Mm-hmm. And um when it comes down to business, if you are leading your business and making decisions based on your values and those values also inform your politics and then people don't agree with how you're running your business, do you really want them as customers if their values don't align with yours? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. 
because there are businesses in my town that I specifically patronize or don't patronize based on um, their mask policy. Mm -hmm. I know the owners personally and, you know, whether or not, and I'm not saying if you vote a certain way, I won't do business with you. I'm not saying that at all. But when I go to the gym, I do not want to wear a mask while I'm working out. So I'm not going to gym A, I'm going to gym B. Um, I don't go to coffee shop A because I have to wear a mask in there. Where coffee shop B, I just walk in, I order my coffee with no mask on, and I can sit there with my computer. And, and so I will patronize that establishment. You know, and I'm, and, I, and I'm like the exact opposite, where if a business is not enforcing, and in Virginia, we have a mask mandate, so you're required mm-hmm. to wear it indoors um, still. So if, if I see, if I go into a business and I see them not enforcing the mask policy, or, you know, cashiers or employees aren't wearing masks, I'll turn my butt right around and go down the street to a different one. (laughs) So it'll be interesting to see if this lasts much longer, um, how um, perhaps businesses may market to a certain Mm -hmm. population, because I've said it before, I won't put um, masks in any of my marketing and um, I won't, I won't, I won't even like a picture if it has a mask in it. (laughs) I won't. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because I'm going to change the world that way. No, um, totally. I, I just, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I'm, I'm about to bring a photographer into the studio to get more pictures of kids with masks on. So that way we have a wider photo selection to use in our marketing with kids yeah. with masks on. So that way parents can see what, what they're signing. So I think for. that maybe, yeah. And in the long run, maybe this is good for the consumer because now yeah, because it's, a, it's a very clear way for them to see which businesses they align with. Yeah. And it's also good, I guess, d- once you get past the pain of losing 40% of your income and 40% of your enrollment, <laughs> um, which most studio owners did anyway, like, you right. know, that's about maybe the industry average. But um, once you get past that pain, now, I, it's kind of like we shed off a lot of customers that if this moves forward in this direction, like they're saying, like this is going to change our world. Um, it's better to be doing business with people that are in alignment with, with you, I would mm-hmm. say. But that doesn't mean that I have to hate you because I still love you. <laughs> and you and I have very different, clearly, you know, approaches to this whole thing, but mm-hmm. I respect your, I'm not going to say, Casey, you're wrong about it. I'm just going to say, Casey, you do you. Right. And let me do me. And let's live peacefully on opposite sides of the fence. Right. Yeah. So, all right. So. So did we answer that one? (laughs) Um, I think we went down a rabbit hole, but I I don't know. I felt like that was a good conversation. I kind of figured some things out for myself as I was. Oh, good. Excellent. Um, well, and I think that like, this is just another reason why communities like DSO Connect are so important because we need kind of a neutral zone to talk about these things. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not coming at it from, oh, we, we've already done the research and we know all the answers and here are the top five ways to accomplish this. And if you follow the description, then you will succeed. I mean, that's not what a lot of the things we talk about are about. It's like, hey, 
how have you handled this? Oh, that's, that's good. Well, what about you? Oh, that's really good. I didn't think of that. Well, and then you take all these ideas and right. you kind of filter it through your own um, brain and then, you know, come up with what works for your studio. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. That's how we roll. That is exactly how we roll. All right. What's the next topic? Mini topic. You tell me. <laughs> okay. Uh, pros and cons around reopening your lobby to parents Ooh. at this time. Okay, so I think we, we established one possible con is that it would open up a, a, yeah. new, a new venue for parents to talk politics in your business and maybe you don't want to be a place where that happens, but it's kind of a conversation topic that you can't really control. Right. So, you know, just because it's such a hot topic right now and everyone everywhere is talking about it. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, that's definitely a, a good argument for keeping your lobby closed. We are starting to open our lobby to the parents of kids under the age of six. Mm. And um, um, we've got, we've got a lot of room. So everything is, you know, the, the tables are, the chairs are spaced out and the playroom is put away, of course. And, um, and not everyone comes in, mm -hmm. but and we didn't even make an official announcement because I knew that if I made an official announcement, there'd be that one person who was like, that doesn't fly with me. Right, <laughs> so right. it's like, okay, you can stay in your car. Um, we all, we can't be always making choices for other people. Um, so I, we just kind of have been sending a little buzz out through the word of mouth and mm -hmm. parents coming in and watching on the video monitor. And so far it's been great. I mean, sometimes there's one parent in the lobby and I'm on one side of the, the plexiglass and she's on the other side and um, they can wear their mask if they want. They don't have to. I take their temperature. I ask them to wash their hands um, and they can they can see what's going on and we can we can have conversation. My big thing is this. I really value the relationship that I have had with the parents of my studio. And I think that that's one of the reasons that we've had so much retention and long-term, um, like Casey, when you came to my studio back in the nineties, I mean, you grew up there. Yeah. You started as early as you possibly could at age five when I opened it. Mm -hmm. And um, then you graduated high school yep. in, in our program. So one of the reasons that you stayed so long was because of relationships, the relationships that you had with the other girls and the relation, you know, I had a good relationship with your parents. I mean, yeah. we weren't like going out to eat every Friday night, but I, when I saw them, I was always very familiar yeah. and friendly with them. And, you know, there were times when we talked about your development and things that were going on outside of school um, or the studio. And so that relationship is very important in our industry. Right. And I think that, I am keeping an eye on that and I am mm -hmm. concerned that um, I just don't want to lose that element of our right. business. And right. And I think that that connection and those and having some of those conversations last night at my at my recital video premiere event was so nice because I really do miss talking to parents and I miss seeing them. And like, I saw some people, I'm like, Oh my God, how are you? It's been ages. What, what's going on? You know? And just these parents who, you know, you've been part of their kids' lives for so many years. So you have this relationship with them and yep. you appreciate them. And obviously they have a certain amount of trust in you and, and respect there. So it's like, it was just so nice to be able to connect with parents face to face 
in person yesterday. And I, I, I realized how much I really do miss that. One thing that we're doing to kind of help with the feeling of um, parents not being able to know what's going on in the classroom uh, is in our families group on Facebook, we are making a point to go live in classes. And it might not be every single class every single week, but it's like, you know, the five minutes at the end of class where they show their combination or, you know, um, teacher pokes their head out of the door and grabs the front desk person and says, hey, we've been working on these on this, you know, pod gray for for two weeks, come watch and, and do and go live. So things like that. And I, the parents are really appreciative that they have a little peek into what their kids are working on. Yeah, I think that's great. And um, I especially like that in the closed group um, because we don't require our kids to wear masks while dancing. Um, I learned real quick in September, <laughs> don't go live on my public group because... Um, even though we're not breaking any laws and every right. parent is, you know, aware of what our policy is and everyone has a right to wear a mask or not wear a mask, there's somebody watching that, whether they're... Yeah. I had a parent send me about a, a three-mile-long text message the other day where we had gone live in a class where the students themselves had created some choreography and they wanted to show it. And so there were some some kids in the lobby waiting for the next class to start and we brought them into the studio and so there were more than the six people with social that that social distancing allows but it was like 90 seconds of choreography so we were we were in the room we weren't even like super duper close together but it was more people than six in the room and we went live to see this combination that the students had created Mm -hmm. and this parent contacted me very concerned that she saw so many bodies in the studio. And she was like, you know, it took me so long to convince my kid's dad to send her to in-person classes instead of just doing online. And now I feel like I'm, you know, you're not being honest with what's going on at the studio and I don't feel safe anymore. And I don't know how long those kids were all in the studio. Maybe it was just a, a minute. Maybe it was, maybe it was the whole class, like what is going on? And so I had to, you know, I gave her some time to cool down. (laughs) Um, But I just called her and I was like, you know what? We, we clearly made this decision without thoroughly thinking it through. We were not socially, we were not appropriately socially distanced. I want to reassure you that it was 90 seconds tops, but you're totally right. And we won't be doing that again. Yeah, But again, it's like by inviting these eyes into your classroom, you are inviting more scrutiny onto how you're conducting your, your classes and your business. That's why you're not allowed to videotape uh, your child being born anymore. <laughs> because malpractice suits. When, when Nicholas was born, my mother videotaped it, like from oh, the head of the veg. <laughs> wow. Like I have video footage of Nick's head coming out. Oh my God. That's a hell of a home video. (laughs) Yeah. And you can't do that anymore. Really? Now practice. No kidding. Because if anything went wrong, the, 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 you have have to like tackle you and get the film out. (laughs) Wow. 
Yeah. So here we are in like this, this new world. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. So where were we? We we're talking about oh, reopening our lobbies and, and yeah. whether or not we're. Oh, so the other thing I did, that. and I have mentioned this before is I, I set up a Calendly. Um, I'm here all day on Saturdays at the studio at the desk and I just made Calendly appointments for families to come and talk with me. Like, you know, Hey, you want to talk about your kid? You want to talk about their goals? You want to talk about, I don't know, football. I can't talk about football, but anything else you want to talk about your vacation. You know, like just come in, we'll do a one-on-one, Yeah, just an appointment to catch up with me. And at first when I put it out there, it was crickets. Nobody responded. And I was like, Hmm, that makes me sad. But yeah. then I threw it out there again and now yeah. people are making the appointments. It was really? like, yeah. It, and so I'm excited because next week I'll have at least three moms coming in at separate times just to sit for a half an hour and talk and, um, so that's something you can do, even if you don't want to reopen your lobby. That's but a great maybe, idea. I love that. And on the um, questionnaire, because you can put questions in your Calendly. Mm-hmm. Um, I love me some Calendly. Mm. It's, uh, I ask them, what, it, what do you want to talk about? And do you want me to wear a mask? Because we'll be sitting in my office, you know, maybe, you know, six feet apart. But do you want me to wear a mask? And some people are like, yeah, that would make me comfortable. It's like, okay. And then some people are like, no. So that's great. Yeah. That's so idea. yeah, that I, I just think that the, the, the important part is making sure that your relationship with your families don't, doesn't dry up. And I know that a lot of studio owners are like, I love it. The parents aren't here. I get so much work done. There's no, but for me, I just also, the thing is when we create our studio culture, it's important, and we used to talk about this a lot when, um, before 2020, when- um, In the before times. <laughs> yes, in the olden days. Um, <laughs> in order to create your culture, you kind of have to preach it ahead mm-hmm. of time. So like if I was opening a brand new studio and I had, you know, a starting from zero, when that first customer registered, I would start saying things like, this is how EMC dancers behave. Even though you're the first one, this is how we do it at EMC. Yeah. Then, the, then they're like, oh, okay, I understand. There's no drama. We're solution oriented. We're on the same page. If there's a problem, don't come at me like I'm your enemy. Come at me like let's work together to solve this problem. Mm-hmm. And so by reiterating that over and over and over again, you're guiding. It's just like with your children. It's right. like, you know, Genevieve, I love it how you cleared the table after you were done eating. Or... Um, <laughs> You know, Alex, I love it that you, you know, whatever, but that right. reinforcement of the positive. Right. Uh, it's being, harder to reinforce you know, we have those, to, it's harder to reinforce those values and those, you know, yeah. the way that you want your families to conduct themselves in your business without having the families in physically in the building. Right. And when they're congregating in the parking lot, having their own conversations, it makes me nervous. I would rather them have those conversations in my lobby where you can hear them and, <laughs> and yeah, maybe, and, and maybe not, chime in every now and then. Yeah, and <laughs> you know, if I hear someone say like, I don't understand why it has to be this way. I can say, Hey, let me, let me tell you why, you right. know, I'm not confronting you. I'm just basically, you know, helping you understand. Right. Right. So, anyway, let's take a quick break here. Yes. 
Did you miss the DSO Connect virtual retreat this summer? Don't worry, we are offering a replay of all of our seminars from this year's virtual retreat. Go to our website, dancestudioownerconnect.com and click on Retreat Replay. You're gonna find so much actionable information, including Studio Reset, Marketing and Social Media, Developing Your Inner Leader, Building Your Community, Making Your Virtual Platform a Permanent Reality, online platforms with Kajabi and Trello, plus we have amazing dance teacher training content you can share with your team, including honing your teacher's eye for ballet, contemporary and improv for the young dancer, jazz fundamentals, building your tap curriculum, building a solid structure for hip hop, and teaching ideas to make Zoom successful at your studio. So go to our website, dancestudioownerconnect.com and click on Retreat Replay to grab yours for just $197. All right, we are back with Casey and Robin talking about some topics that have been on topic <laughs> in the DSO Connect community lately. So Robin, what is our next topic today? Okay, our third and final topic for the day is how we as studio owners should be responding when we have teachers that behave badly. Mm -hmm. um, in our coffee chat on Friday, one of our members that we love so much had shared an experience that kind of went wonky with one of her teachers. Um, and her so her, one of her teachers who had a very heavy schedule of um, teaching and responsibilities and rehearsals at the studio just decided, yeah, you know what, this is a little much for me, I'm done. And with very little or no notice, just resigned from her just position. Oh my God. And left um, our studio owner friend um, with holding the bag and, and now having to hand, do all this stuff. Um, so what we started talking about on the coffee chat call was, you know, as studio owners, a lot of us don't have a long list of applicants banging down our door mm -hmm. to work for us. And so we're kind of at the mercy of, of our teachers in a lot of ways. And I'm wondering if there are ways that we can adjust our own behavior as studio owners to correct this trend. And, you know, over time, maybe let teachers know that they, that they need to, they need to they need to behave better. <laughs> and if they behave right. badly, that we will check references. We will, the, the next studio that you go to apply for is going to know. So mm -hmm. we started talking about that. And, and um, I'd love to, to bounce that around with you a little bit, Casey. Um, I know one of the challenges that we have as studio owners in small towns, or even in bigger areas like yours, is we don't always get chummy with our competitors. Right. But if we did have at least the kind of a relationship where we could reach out and say, hey, studio up the street, um, just send, send in the word out that so-and-so teacher just left me hanging and she might be knocking at your door for a job in the next six months or whatever. So just so you know, you know, this was the behavior that led to her no longer working here or something like that, just right. so that we can... Um, you know, hold them accountable and elevate the, the, the whole industry. I mean, we cannot, we cannot do our best job 
in serving our customers if at the last minute we've got cancellations and inadequate subs and yep. you know everyone you know okay well we'll run the class but i don't really have the the lesson plans and i'm just winging it and it might be a throwaway class today that's right. not serving our customers right absolutely i saw a post in i forget what group it was but it was a screenshot of an email that she received from an applicant who um was real sassy in her email and and basically said that she can tell by the tone of the studio owner's emails that she doesn't want to work for you. And P.S. I have plenty of jobs where I'm being paid over sixty dollars an hour. Like, oh God, bye. I like bullet dodged that. You do not want that kind of attitude in your studio or anywhere near it at all. I mean, that is just absolutely ridiculous. But I think, honestly, I think the best way to avoid these issues is to home grow our own teachers. Mm -hmm. And Robin, I, you're, you're implementing a little bit of this in your teacher training program where it's, we're not just training them to teach dance, we're training them to be good leaders and to be good employees and just like to be good people. <laughs> like, here's how you conduct yourself in a job interview. Here's how you write a resume. Like these important life lessons that they're not necessarily learning from school or even at home. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of it is that like, some of these younger teachers just don't know this stuff. Yeah, and I think another, another well, the two things came to mind when you said that. First of all, homegrown your own teachers is great until they go to college. <laughs> and then, um, so like when they're like juniors and seniors in high school, the ones that really have an affinity for teaching are a real asset to the studio. And, you know, you can write, your, write the curriculum and have them implement it under close supervision. And we've had great success with that. Um, one of the biggest problems I have with some of my younger teachers is responsiveness to emails and texts because yeah. they don't always read emails. And I don't expect them pre COVID to be texting me back during the day when they're in school. Mm -hmm. And even this year, it's like, if you're on, in an online class and I'm texting you about, you know, can you cover so-and-so next week? Then actually, this is what I learned when I kind of came down on some of them last year about, you know, you need to respond when I text you because I'm working on something and I'm waiting for your response and my whole machine screeches to a halt waiting for your response. Can you cover so-and-so next week? And um, the response that I didn't think of before was, um, well, the, I see the text and I think I'm at school and I need to check with my mom. Right. And I can't respond right now. And then by the time I see my mom, I forget because I've now, it's not top of mind. It's not right. like, yeah, so I I never I didn't think of that until this one young lady pointed that out to me, and that was like, oh, yeah, they've got a whole other layer of logistics because they have to go through their parents. Right, right. Yeah. And I'm wondering, even if we hire young teachers, um, you know, there should be some sort of training. If you go to work at Starbucks, they're going to make you go to training. I mean, we all have handbooks. Why not implement some sort of a a training session that they have to utilize. Hey, you could use Kajabi. I was just going to say that you could use Kajabi and set up a whole employee training yep. module and system that they can go through because, you know, I mean, there are jobs, you know, like more corporate jobs or franchised jobs and, you know, things that are really systematized and have been around for a long time. There are, there's video trainings that you have to do. 
And I think that's a really good idea. Yeah. As studio owners, it's funny because I just thought to myself, I've never had a job. <laughs> I actually have had like one, one or two jobs when I was under 22 years old. Like I oh got at the school for the arts or I worked at a hair salon, but, um, but yeah, we don't always think about what is standard operating procedure when you have a job. Because right. we, we have, how many jobs have you had, Casey? You started your studio very young. You did not have a whole lot of jobs. I didn't have a whole lot of jobs and most of them were teaching. So, yeah. yeah. So I think that as an industry, we should be holding our teachers to a higher standard. And, oh, I know what it was. So let's stop it with, over, with exorbitant overpaying of mm -hmm. young teachers. Yeah. I'm not in any way suggesting that teachers don't deserve to be paid fairly. I am not saying that at all. But when a, a 20 year old comes in and says that she's a master teacher and she wants a hundred dollars an hour <laughs> to be corrected. Yes. She needs to be brought down to earth. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it doesn't really sure. help when um, it doesn't help the industry when we're trying to outprice each other. Right. Um, right in that way a project that i started but never finished and i have a lot of those but that i that i want to get back to is creating a uh, a pay scale agreement that studio owners in my area would all like sign on to or sign off on and agree to mm -hmm. and that way a teacher couldn't say oh well this studio down the street is going to offer me this much what are you going to offer me and how you know? do you even so know that that's true Right. You don't know that that's true unless you have a good relationship with that studio owner and you can call them up and say, hey, friend, what gives? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm lucky that I do have positive relationships with most of the studio owners in my area. And I, you know, I feel like if we if we all sat down together and created some sort of systemized and, and standardized pay scale, mm -hmm. you know, if you've been teaching this many years and you have these this many qualifications, you get X number of dollars per hour. Um, you know, that might be something that could really change the industry for the better. Yeah, that's a great idea, Casey. And I've always struggled with um, having like some sort of a codified pay scale because I've had, I've interviewed or even had hired, you know, 30 year old experienced former professional dancers who can't teach or basically in the classroom, giving themselves class. And then the right. children have the honor of following along, um, which, and, and they're much less effective at teaching than my homegrown 19 year old who's studying da dance in college, super motivated, super jazzed about teaching. Mm -hmm. And you know what I mean? Like, and honestly, I would rather have a less experienced teacher who's more willing to learn mm -hmm. and grow and and broaden their scope and their horizons than a really experienced teacher who's set in their ways and only wants to do it their way. And jaded and a little tired. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 But the behavior, I think, is something that we need to not stand for. Like, you know, the... Um, oh, can I have off next Saturday because I have tech day for another project? And you say, no, you can't have off because that would throw my entire Saturday into a tizzy. And then conveniently on that Saturday morning at 6 a.m., they get the flu. They're sick, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Really? Because that was a passive aggressive move. Right. That get me back. 
Yeah. And I think, I think there's something to be said for working with your staff and understanding that this part-time job among what probably is several part-time jobs in their life is not their number one priority. And I, I ask my staff, I need this studio and your students to be your number one priority from the time that you, you know, start getting ready at home till the time that you leave the studio and you're done teaching. That's when I need it to be your number one priority. I'm not asking it. I'm not asking you to do a bunch of work on your off time. I'm not asking you to, you know, like I'm trying to be reasonable and I will work with you if you have conflicts, if you have, you know, I want to support my performing staff. If you're still, if you're a, a professional performer, I want to do what I can to to support that because that's really what you know. That's great for my your students to be able to look up to. So if you have a tech rehearsal or if you're traveling out of town to go perform somewhere else, you know, I feel like that's something that I'm more willing to work with you on than say, you know, it's my boyfriend's birthday. Like, no, sorry, celebrate the next day yeah. when you don't have class. Like. Mm. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I think that the answer lies in us just being consistent and holding people accountable. Being consistent, holding people accountable, but also like giving people an amount of grace that makes them feel valued. Mm-hmm. Because if people feel valued by you, they're more willing to go the extra mile. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. There's, I've had years where I felt like I've been too great, shown too much grace to the point where there's no, I never, we were never saying no to people's conflicts. And my HR person was spending all day long redoing the whole schedule. And it's like, when can you work on the other things I gave you? She's like, literally, all I do is rearrange teachers' schedules. Yeah, yeah. So there has to be some kind of balance. There has to be, there's a fine line there between, yeah. you know, respecting your staff and, and cutting them some slack and working with them versus getting walked all over all the time. Yeah. Well, Casey, we've been talking for over an hour, so. We've done it again. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good to just bounce it all back and forth. I know, them. I love these chats. And I would encourage our listeners to join us on our coffee chats yes, or our wind down Wednesdays. Yes. I missed this last coffee chat and I was kicking myself because I, I wanted to be there. Yeah. You never know what, what's going to bubble forth in our chats. And um, all you have to do is join our DSO connect community and um, start getting into the conversation. We ask and answer questions as often as we can to help um, our friends out. And then we also do a live Zoom call twice a month. Yes, so Wind Down Wednesday is the third Wednesday of the month at 10 p.m. Eastern. I know that is late, but we wanted to schedule it so that you know people across time zones could make it and you know maybe after they're done teaching as well. And then our coffee chats are on the first Friday of every month at, it's at 11 a.m., right? Mm-hmm. At 11 a.m. Um, so we've got a morning one and an evening one. And they're both, like, just so casual and fun. Yeah. It's just, like, what's- girlfriends hanging out, talking about their lives, which happen to be business. <laughs> yeah, and it's always nice to have a girlfriend who understands studio owner life because so yeah. many of our friends, we love them dearly, but... 
you they just don't understand the things right. that we go through as studio owners. Or your closest friends are your staff and you can't really talk to them about business stuff because that's inappropriate. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap it up and say goodbye. And uh, wait, what's made your heart happy, Robin? Ooh, well, duh, Jennifer. Grandbaby. <laughs> yeah, my, my granddaughter, she's a blessing and she's beautiful and she smells like heaven. Oh, that's the best. Man, that fresh baby smell, there's nothing like it. Yeah. And you know what's, what's really extra special good as well is seeing my son be a dad. Oh God, that sounds magical. Yeah, he's he's very interested. It's not like he wants to, like, you know what? He's very engaged. It was like, cause they live in our basement right now because of COVID. Right. Um, and I was in the living room holding Genevieve and they're like, um, you know, I gave them a cabinet in the kitchen so they can put all the baby dishes and things. And they're both in that kitchen, puts, you know, like arranging the little drying rack and the baby bottles and everything. And he's like, every time she leaves the room to get something, he follows her and she comes back and he follows her. And he's just like, instead of him saying, hey, I'm going to go work on my thing while you set up the kitchen. He's like, well, what about this? And what about that? And how about this? And I like that he's super engaged and it makes me feel happy. That's awesome. What makes your ha heart happy this week? Um, well, I think and definitely the, the recital premiere last night was just a huge success. But more than that was like hearing and seeing the feedback that we got. I mean, there were comments on our Facebook and Instagram posts about how great it was and how much um, parents appreciate what we do and how hard we work. And I think just to like get that validation was really important. I think I was starting, I've been a little bit starting to feel a little burnt out mm -hmm. um, and just to feel that appreciation and love was really um, rejuvenating. Good. Yeah. Good. And oh, get this. My dear, dear friend, Ashley, who, who also owns a dance studio, not too far from mine, and she's in our DSO Connect community, she, and she used to teach at my studio before she um, bought her studio that she owns now, she and her whole family came. Oh, beautiful. Isn't that so beautiful? I just love her. And she brought her husband and her three kids. And she wore her studio jacket that I gave her when she was a staff member at my studio. And it was just so nice to, like, see her there supporting me. Yeah, that's that's really nice. Yeah, it was really wonderful. A studio owner, she, she could have wore her jacket, but she wore your jacket. She wore my jacket. Yeah, it was that's awesome. So just to, like, get those warm, fuzzy feelings again. Yeah. Good yeah. for you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Robin. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week with another guest. All right. Bye. Bye.